Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 68. I'm back from Royal Caribbean's newest cruise ship, Quantum of the Seas, and you know what? There's so much to talk about this week that I've invited a few friends of mine who joined me on this cruise to come on the podcast this week to discuss all of our thoughts on everything we experience on this amazing new ship. It's our first-hand review of Quantum of the Seas and what parts of the ship are not to be missed and our thoughts about pretty much everything we could squeeze into this episode. Here we go. As many of you know, I'm back from my Quantum of the Seas two-night adventure, and I found there's just so much to talk about about this whole brand new ship, and frankly, it's amazing, and I wanted to invite a few of my friends to join me for a roundtable discussion of everything Quantum of the Seas. And we also needed a support group for our post-cruise depression, so this worked out <laughs> for uh, two reasons. So first, let me welcome the very talented Colleen McDaniel, who's a managing editor from Cruise Critic. Welcome, Colleen. Oh, thanks, Matt. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. I'm glad we were able to work it in between naps. Yeah, absolutely. I'm catching up on a little sleep right now. <laughs> also joining us is John Roberts, who writes in the Loop Travel blog. Welcome to the show, John. How are you, Matt? Good to be here. Good. Can I share a little bit of trivia with our listeners about you? Sure. Uh, I have taken more cruises with you this year than I have with my wife. What is, I'm not sure what that says, but we should be proud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of wish we were on one right now. It's just hit with some really bad weather up here in the Northeast, I'm sure you know. Oh, yeah. Nice and, nice and seasonal, right? <laughs> yeah. And also joining us today is Aaron Saunders, the writer from the Avid Cruiser and from the Jack Deck Chair Blogs. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Thanks, Matt. How's it going? Outstanding. Glad to have you on here. And, you know, with all of us, we were just on Quantum of the Seas. And, you know, coming off that, that cruise last weekend, I, you know, I was trying to think, well, where could we start with this? Because there's just so much to talk about uh, in terms of our experiences on there. So I think we should probably start out with what struck you the most about the ship. And I'll start with you, Colleen, in terms of, you know, what, what about Quantum really resonated with you after well, you come home and, and napped for about yeah. 15 hours? Yeah, exactly. Um, well, you know, it's, it's a couple of things. Uh, Royal Caribbean really made a point about uh, the technology on board Quantum of the Seas, um, specifically uh, 270, which is this fantastic entertainment space. Um, in the lead up to it, it was sort of hard to picture. And, you know, I actually did a shipyard tour of it back in August. And I saw the space back then. And even then, I really couldn't picture it. But once you get on board, it's just this incredible space that, that it, it's, it's interactive. The, the show Starwater is just like nothing you've ever seen before on a cruise ship. Um, and it's just spectacular. It, you, you sit there with your jaw open watching this. Um, it's a lot of fun. So that's a big thing. Um, and they certainly, you know, they, they, they mention that at every turn uh, and for good reason. Um, but one of the things that I think sort of, surprised me the most was how much attention they actually paid to uh, the things that cruisers have come to expect and trust. Um, specifically, I think the cabins on board are just really smart. Uh, they're large enough. They're well-designed. There's great little touches to them. The balconies are nice size. It's really great to have that on a cruise ship. Yeah, absolutely. I think you you hit upon some big things there. And, and you know, when, when, I, when I was looking at this ship, I looked at it and said to myself, this is not your father's Royal Caribbean cruise ship. I think this is, and that's not a bad thing. I think it's actually, uh, you know, definitely a good a step in the right direction. There's just so much that they've really put into the ship, and that, and and I agree, it's, it was impressive and and kind of, uh, you know, it's a lot to take in when you first get in there. Like, wow, this is not, you know, the ships we've been used to. John, what was your reaction 
to uh, to going on quantum. What struck you about the ship? There, there. The phrase that came to my mind was like, "How much is too much on a ship?" It's there is so much technologically, all the activities, all the dining that's available. It's, there really seems like they're leaning toward keeping you wanting to be on the ship the whole time. You, in a week's time, I, I imagine you still wouldn't be able to do all the things that are available to do. So uh, I guess that, that would go toward keeping people on the ship, keep them drinking, keep them eating. Uh, it's good for the revenue for the cruise line. That's what struck me. That's a great point about the revenue thing because after all, you know, onboard revenue is what makes or breaks Royal Caribbean's financial quarters these di- these days. And, you know, Obviously, the more money people are spending on on the ship, the the better it is for Royal. So, and they, yeah, they I think the idea is they want to get you to get hooked on the ship and come back on it a couple times at least. You know, yep, absolutely. Aaron, what 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 resonated with you about Quantum? Well, I think for me, one of the things that sort of struck me so much was uh, kind of building on what, what Colleen said. It was very difficult from the press releases to get a really good, accurate idea of exactly what this was. I mean, we heard a lot about the technology. And the focus was very technology-heavy. What surprised me was the ship works very well on its own. Even if you took away some of that technology, if you didn't have a bionic bar, if you didn't have a skydiving, you know, the ripcord by iFly, it still works on its own merits. Um, But I do have to agree, uh, 270 and the production values that they have on those shows, I mean, this is uh, one of the best shows I've seen either on land or sea. And one of the other things that impressed me so much was that it wasn't nearly – the whole ship wasn't nearly as inward-facing as I was worried it would be. I was worried there would be almost no windows. I mean it actually does have a decent connection with the sea still. Yeah, yeah it's a great point. You know, One of the things that people always talk about, like the Radiance class in Royal Caribbean, as being a really fun ship because it's got so much glass and so much connection to the sea, as you mentioned, Aaron. And I agree. You know, there, it, I think in most places you could definitely get a view of the ocean. It's very easy to get there. It wasn't like you felt like you were in a, uh, I don't know, a, a mall somewhere that you can't see anything outside. And I think that that was definitely something I picked up on as well. And you know, Aaron, you know, speaking, I, I know your background a little bit, and you definitely have gone on a lot of cruises that have been on much smaller ships. And, yeah. and that's maybe and I'm not saying it's your preference, but it's just been what you've been what you've done in the past. And we were talking actually at one point during the cruise about, you know, despite that, you still, you know, it, it didn't feel like a big ship. And that was something else that I really uh, picked up on. Yeah, well, I think that was the neat part is it, the way they've designed the public rooms, the way they flow in and out of one another and the way that you've got a lot of very different little venues. The ship, you know, doesn't feel as gargantuan as it is. It doesn't feel like you're sailing with 4,000 other people. And for them to do that and create that kind of ambiance is actually pretty cool because, I mean, the last ship I was on before Quantum held 100 guests. <laughs> a little bit of a change. A little bit of a change, yeah. There was a little difference in there. But, you know, they, they've they always had these beautiful ships that have done really well for them. Um, but I think with this one, I was very impressed just to see not only how well the passengers were distributed, but how elegant it looked i mean it definitely took royal caribbean's interior design kind of up a notch from what it has been yeah there's a lot i picked up on that as well i don't know colin you mentioned the stateroom you know one thing i didn't notice which i thought was actually a good thing about my stateroom especially the 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 bathroom there's not in all the royal caribbean ships they have that i just call it the white plastic there's just a lot of white plastic everywhere yeah and on this ship i really could not find maybe underneath the sink like any white plastic which i thought was great it was a nice touch it really was. You know, it's, it's got a sophistication to it. Um, and, and I think the bathrooms, you know, they're 
compact, but not in an uncomfortable way. They're really well designed. They've got the nice size shower um, and, and you, stuff, you know, men not, might not notice as much as women, but there are hooks everywhere, uh, which is great for hanging things uh, in the shower, you know, off the door, that kind of thing. Isn't, uh, isn't that what the floor is for? you might think sometimes but yes (laughs) was another good thing with the oh sorry no go ahead aaron i was just gonna say on the subject of uh interesting things in the shower i did notice even though i'm a guy i did notice they had that little bar in there for the women to put their feet on while they shaved their legs dude that took me like 10 minutes to figure out what that was (laughs) i was staring at it i'm like what is that thing and and then i figured it out yeah that's that but uh, colleen i'm thumbs up Thumbs up. Yeah, these are these are actually becoming more common on cruise ships, and, and it's now becoming kind of a, a judging point for me. If they've got that shower bar, I am a happy person. <laughs> Surf simulator, <laughs> meh, it's okay. Robot that makes drinks, eh, not bad. But the, uh, the ability to shave your legs easily, that's, that's where it's right. all about. Absolutely. So um, let's talk about an area on the ship that you were drawn to. For whatever reason, you just ended up... You know, over the course of the cruise, you just found yourself walking there for whatever reason. And, John, I'm sure – I'm asking you, but I'm sure it rhymes with the word uh, dub. But um, <laughs> was there is there an area of the ship that you were kind of – you know, you just found yourself spending a lot of time on board. Well, aside from the, the uh, Esplanade, I always love the promenades on the other Royal Caribbean ships. The Esplanade here was great because you can find everything and there's food and there's activities everywhere. I like the adults – only solarium on the front of the ship up mm. on uh, deck 15 i believe 14 it was just it was just a great space it, the pools looked a little different they had a, a clear look where you could see under the water like a glass wall on one side of the pool and great views hot tubs um a bar up there that it serves smoothies fruit smoothies and it was just a great area i could see relaxing up there it's too bad we only had uh, two days yourself and i to get around the ship as much as as we could but uh, so we didn't get to fully enjoy the pool and hot tubs as much as you might think. But that's an area I could see definitely enjoying. Yeah, that was really. I thought. I mean, the solarium is always a great area to hang out in. But the solarium on Quantum was beautiful. I mean, just just to look at it. You know, the the way that they have those. They have a bunch of little pools that kind of like spill into each other, almost like a a brook on a river on a hill. Right. Sorry. Right. And and some loungers in the water and spots and things like that. Absolutely, a very nice touch. Yeah. What about you, Colleen? Where did you find yourself, kind of? Uh, gravitating towards on the ship well i I'd, I'd love to say the gym um because i always <laughs> love a great gym on a cruise ship uh and the gym on quantum is quite frankly it's the best one i've ever seen on a cruise ship uh the space is massive it's got all sorts of really modern equipment it's well designed uh it's got you know the the area where you know you can take an aerobics class or the trx they've got a room for um the flywheel which is hugely popular on land now uh, but I have to admit, I didn't actually get a chance to work out <laughs> on my last trip. Uh, so um, I, I, I'm looking forward to getting a chance to actually spend some time working out in the gym and not just taking some photos and running through it. But um, it was a really excellent place. Uh, the one that surprised me was the music hall, which is just a blast. It's so much fun. It's a great space. It's all about the rock and roll. Uh, it, it's, it's a lot of fun to hang out there. Yeah, I was shocked, by the way, how, in a good way, how popular that music hall was. I thought there would always be people there. Like, we've all been to bars and, and places where live music has been played on cruise ships, but that place was packed every night, 
and it was people who were there. It looked like a club out of New York City. Like you just, it it was it was insanely popular. And I guess it tells you that they did a really good job with it. If it if it drew that kind of a crowd. Absolutely, yeah. It was it was packed every night, and um, the cover bands were terrific. They had a Bon Jovi cover band and a Journey cover band, and it was all about you know singing along the songs you've heard a thousand times and just having a great time. Oh, absolutely. Aaron, where did you end up gravitating towards on, on your time on Quantum? I really liked uh, Vintages on Deck 5. I thought that was a really... I mean, you know, it's not anything new to Royal Caribbean. They've had it now uh, for several ships. But um, I just felt like on this one, it was really well designed. And to me, it felt like the kind of bar I would gravitate to on a smaller ship or on a luxury ship. Like it had that kind of nice soft lighting it had a really good wine menu and it was just it was located right by that uh the via there with the uh arch ceiling with the multicolored lighting and it just seemed like a great spot to kind of sit and have a glass of wine and people watch and uh just kind of escape from everything yeah you know it's funny about vintages i've seen them on other ships as you mentioned and it's never been that packed or or that crowded but i really felt like on this ship, there were a lot of people there, especially in the evening. People were really, you know, going there. Maybe on back either to 270 or from 270, and they were checking it out. But there were, all, I would say, a lot of people there, which, again, I think it's a good sign. Maybe it's better crowd uh, uh, spacing. I kind of think so. I mean, I remember uh, being on Mariner of the Seas and seeing vintages when it was on there. And it was always kind of this place that you you passed by but never really saw, and you certainly didn't kind of stop into. But I, like you, I saw that it seemed like people were – stopping off they're either on their way to or from 270 or maybe after coming out of jamie's uh, italian kitchen thing um and yeah i mean the ship seems to distribute people surprisingly well yeah you know i mentioned earlier that on quantum you know i i felt like this was a big change for royal this is not a continuation of the voyager class lineage right because voyager freedom and oasis class are basically all based on the same concept so to speak the same build process but quantum feels totally different it's almost like a reboot in movies where you know you have like uh you know the batman with michael keaton and then they redid it recently with with uh christopher nolan's version that's much much different but it's still batman right and this is what i kind of felt this is a really long i love metaphors but um <laughs> but on, on royal caribbean you know with quantum it seems like that's like again a reboot of what they thought was what a cruise ship could be for royal and you know to me that's i take that as a sign and, and I'm curious what you guys think of what a bold change like Quantum signifies to you about what Royal Caribbean wants to get out of this ship. Aaron, what's your take on, on where you think the direction for Royal is based on what, you're, what you saw now on Quantum of the Seas? I personally thought the uh, direction that they're taking now is it's a lot more bold. Um, it's a lot more uh, kind of adventurous. I really actually did like that they're starting to take some of these uh, you know, traditions when we think of cruising. And really turn them on their heads. And I mean, 270 was a great example of that, where they're actually developing their own production shows. I mean, right from scratch, right from the ground up. And, you know, when you've got these shows where they've got all sorts of visual effects going on, and they, they played up the robo screens quite a bit, but the robo screens, I thought, were like just one part of what was a really fabulous um, show. I mean, at one point, you've got. Rihanna songs overlaid with Phil Collins that blends into the Inception score. I mean, that's I'm used to seeing cruise ship entertainment that's a tribute to ABBA done badly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you could get your ABBA on Quantum also. (laughs) That's true. You could. Um, 
but I think for me, like I was very going into quantum, I will be the first to admit that I was very kind of unsure about the ship. It seemed very reliant on technology. It seemed very buzzwordy. And I really couldn't quite make up my mind if this was going to be worth the hype or not. And after sailing aboard her, it seems like Royal Caribbean, this isn't just a new direction for the line in terms of shipbuilding. They're really trying to create a new style of cruising altogether. Uh, and I think that, you know, uh, the ship in this case really is the destination. Uh, the ports it calls in are really very secondary. And I think that without this sounding bad, I think they are trying to market the ship in the same way you might market a theme park where that place is the destination. Good points all around. I like it. John, what, what's your thoughts? Yeah, that's what I, I agree with what Aaron's saying. Is like they're trying to get the next uh, generation of cruisers ready. So they've got to redefine what cruising is. Because, you know, as people age and get older, they're going to have to have the next wave of people coming along and supporting cruising and a frenetic pace and the, the shorter attention spans of younger people maybe is what they're playing into. They're getting technology available, having flashy shows, um, a lot of foodies out there, and they're going to love this type of ship. So they're just trying to cater to and sort of redefine what cruising is, I believe. Yeah, you know, with, with this question, Colleen, I'm kind of looking towards you a little bit specifically because obviously you, you write for Cruise Critic, and we all know that people on Cruise Critic, all your readers, have a very passionate opinion on things. Absolutely. And, you know, one thing that I kept on thinking about, and I, I'm sure you've gotten messages about it, you've read about it, I know I have, about, you know, people who the. I feel like I, I really liked what I saw in Quantum, but I could see a lot of things on Quantum that would bother what I refer to as the old guard of, of sure. Royal Caribbean fans. People that, you know, really are like, why isn't there a Viking Crown Lounge? Dynamic dining? Um, you know, why, why isn't there the main dining room instead? Like, it's not that these people are wrong or anything like that. We're all, we all know what we like, right? Right. Um, but I can, I know that personally, I, well, I miss the main dining room and I always love the view of the Viking Crown Lounge and, and other Royal Caribbean staples, the, the savory bites, which I couldn't find on board Quantum. Um, <laughs> you know, I can appreciate what is, what is here and be like, wow, this is, this is great. I do really love this. So what do you, I mean, how, do, what's your take on this in terms of, um, the direction that you see here in Quantum? Well, I, I think that, uh, as Aaron pointed out, it is setting tradition on its ear. Um, but I, truly believe that people who are loyal to Royal Caribbean will recognize Quantum as the Seas as a Royal Caribbean ship. Um, and people who are familiar with the line's other brands, especially Celebrity, probably will see a little bit of that Solstice class uh, on Quantum as well. I think the uh, the Via area there was definitely, it, it felt very Solstice class to me. Um, but Royal Caribbean is not doing away altogether with the main dining room concept. Uh, they, the, the dining rooms they have for dynamic dining, those four smaller dining rooms, are still fairly large dining rooms. We're talking 400-plus yeah. passengers. Um, and if you want to have the exact same kind of experience you would have in a larger main dining room experience, you absolutely can have it. You want to have your 6.30 every night dinner time? Go ahead and book it. You can book it at a couple of different restaurants, but you can book that. You know, And if you want to sit with other people People, uh, I heard over and over again, anytime we were in one of those dining rooms, you know, would you like to sit by yourselves or would you like to join another table? Uh, so that's always an option. And I know that was a fear that we've seen a lot on our message boards in particular um, when it comes to, you know, that is, do I have to, you know, what if I'm traveling by myself? Will I sit alone? Will I, you know, th there was a big fear about that. So Royal understands that. Um, 
you know, the, the other thing is there are some really familiar things. You mentioned uh, vintages. Uh, the schooner bar returns um, on Quantum, and that is a, that's a, you know, real royal tradition. Um, they've, you know, changed it, charged it a little bit with some more energy, but it's still, it's a piano bar. It's a sing-along good time, um, and I think it'll be very popular on Quantum the way it is on a lot of the other ships. So there is a good blend of that familiar but it is definitely new and it's exciting and um, it, it's aimed at that squarely at that multi-generational um, uh, traveling segment. Those, those families that, you know, travel with grandma and grandpa, mom and dad and the kids um, because there's something for everybody. Sure, grandma and grandpa probably don't want to do the bumper cars, but gosh, wouldn't they love to watch their grandkids do it? Absolutely. Great points. And you brought up dynamic dining, which we have to talk about because arguably it's the biggest change to the ship, if not the whole fleet, rather. And, you know, you mentioned one thing, and, and I want to, you know, I was sailing by myself. I had, I made, I think, uh, two actual reservations for dinner, and I only showed up to one on time. The other one I mm-hmm. ended up not going to. But in each case, I, I, but I ended up actually going to three other dinners. I know. It's, it's research, people. I swear. <laughs> and, um, and every time I showed up there, and regardless if it was dinner, breakfast, lunch, every time I showed up, they, they asked the same question. You mentioned, Colleen, you know, do you want to sit by yourself or with others? And I said, of course, with others. I don't want to be talking to myself. And, and the other thing was I never had to wait. There was never an issue of me. I was afraid I was going to get there and I'd have to sit and wait 15 minutes or something like that uh, to get a table. But not the case at all. I had really no issues at all. And, I, and like you said, it gave me more variety, gave me more options. Uh, John, what was your take on, on the dynamic dining change and how did you uh, perceive it? Um, I'm always for more choice. I, I'm... I'm not one who would be too happy about all the, the new four fee restaurants and how much that would take out of my pocketbook. But uh, a couple of times on a seven day cruise, I would certainly treat myself to some nice stuff like Devonly Decadence was an excellent meal. Um, but the four main uh, included dining rooms, we went to two of them and they were, they were great. Um, like you said, the, it seemed the same to me. People might, be worried about making reservations and stuff, but it, you get in there and you sit down and you're, you're having the same experience I can always recall, but you're just going to have way more choices now. Good point. Uh, Aaron? One thing that I really liked about dynamic dining that I didn't really maybe realize going into it uh, was that, you know, even though there are a bunch of extra fee restaurants that are going into the ship and that you, you know, if you want to dine there, you will have to shell out uh, some extra cash for the four restaurants that are included all have different decor and a completely different menu set. And that's something that I really quite like because if you see on other lines that do a similar concept, um, their menu generally doesn't change a lot in between the restaurants, if at all, that are complementary, except for maybe the buffet. So I like that you've got four separate main dining venues that are all included and they have four very different menus. Um, you know, one day for lunch, I went to the American Icon Grill and it couldn't have been more different than Silk. You know, uh, Silk is all different Asian style foods. American Icon Grill is designed to be like comfort food, southern fried chicken, things like that. And I thought you really can do a lot with that, even if you never go to any of the pay restaurants. I'm sure you will at some point because you'll want to try them. Um, But I thought that was a nice touch because they very easily could have said, okay, your complimentary restaurants have a set menu. It's all the same. You want something different, go pay for it. But they didn't do that. And that's kind of nice. By the time you yeah, mix like and match everything throughout the week, you've had a whole range of, of foods, I'm sure. 
Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You really, and that was, I think, uh, to the point where, you know, there's a, something on the ship for everyone. I think no matter what kind of eater you are, no matter what kind of cuisine you like, there's something on here that'll appeal to you. Colleen, what's your take on dynamic dining? Well, I think the variety is really the winner uh, with dynamic dining. Um, the, you know, it, it's you have so many choices. Uh, the windjammer, I thought, you know, we, I thought it was an improved windjammer. I got to be honest. It, and you know, the the station setup worked really well. It's got that lovely alfresco um, dining at the back, which is terrific. Uh, so there are plenty of included options, and I know that made people, um, you know, a little nervous that they saw all these upcharged restaurants and thought, oh gosh, I don't want to pay for those? Am I going to get stuck eating the same thing all the time? And, and the answer is, is absolutely not. You can, you can have quite a bit of variety, even if you don't elect to uh, visit any of those upcharge restaurants. Now, if you do elect to visit them, you've got some pretty great choices. Um, John mentioned uh, Devonly Decadence, which was, it was really excellent. And um, meals at 500 calories or less on a cruise ship, that's a pretty cool thing. Um, you don't have to blow it all, uh, blow your diet on a cruise ship. Uh, so that was a nice option. And Jamie's Italian was just absolutely terrific. And, you know, we, we actually love the light bites at Michael's. Uh, I thought that was a really nice touch, you know, uh, having those four or five dollar uh, options for a snack that are that are pretty, um, pretty upscale. I've actually got the. Go ahead, Aaron. Oh, I was just going to say, I've actually got the menu here. I, I did like at Michael's that you could get uh, an actual entire jar of pickles. <laughs> for four dollars i mean just the, just in terms of like clever menu items a whole jar of pickles okay well that's good i like it why I mean, not Co- what the heck? colleen how many how many threads have we read on cruise critic of people asking where are the jars of pickles yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah i don't quite know what i'd do with a full jar of pickles but uh, go great. back to your room and in the fridge <laughs> that's right. Yeah, right. <laughs> Or order more beer. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of Bloody Speaking, Marys or something. <laughs> a lot of Bloody Marys, yeah. Speaking of beer, real quick, John, I, I didn't get a chance to ask you on the ship. What were your thoughts on uh, Michael's Genuine Pub? Because for those who are unaware, it's the new craft beer stop, and I loved it, and Aaron and I had a couple of beers over there. But, John, you are the beer expert, in my opinion, so what's your, uh, uh, what's your take on, on Michael's? One man's opinion, it was outstanding. They had a, a full range of, you know, some of the regular flavors you know, but they had Michael's... Uh, genuine brews and they had nice pilsners and things like that it was it was fantastic on the atmosphere and like you say you have some snacks and you have good conversation it's a great way to 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 get a little uh take an edge off the hunger in the middle of the afternoon that's for sure all right cool we're we're running out of time here but i want to i want to play a little game if that's all right with all of you we're going to uh i'm calling it gimmick or awesome and I'm going to, uh, of course, we've all heard about all these great things Royal Caribbean has. And I, I went through a couple of them here to kind of determine, are they are they really awesome? Or did we say, you know, they were cool, but they were, you know, they were a gimmick. Sensing a robot them. bartender question here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Shh, John, don't get it all away. You'll hurt it. All right, fine. We'll, yeah, fine, we'll start with the Bionic Bar first. So, uh, John, gimmick or awesome? 100% gimmick. Yes, I thought so too. <laughs> Colleen, uh, I'm going to go uh, watching one time. Awesome. After that, probably gimmick. Aaron, gimmick. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I no, I, I had the same reaction. I walked over. I was like, "Wow, this is so cool!" And then I never came back because yeah, I was right, like, "I seen yeah. it." Yeah, total gimmick. Um, how about North Star, Colleen? 
you know what? That was pretty awesome. That was one that I, I thought might be gimmick, but it turned out to be really cool. Um, would love to have tried it out actually in this, you know, when you're not in port, because in port, unfortunately, you can only go straight up and straight down. Um, yeah. But it was, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. I liked it too. I thought North Star, North Star was a surprise to me because I, again, I'm, I'm not sure I thought it would be a huge gimmick, but uh, like I said, I mean, there's, it's hard to, to beat a view up in the air, even if you are looking at, no offense, I know you guys live in Jersey, New Jersey. Um, <laughs> it's, it, it was still, it was still very, very cool because again, there's nothing around you. You get a great view. We saw the Statue of Liberty, obviously New York City. I mean, it, it's hard to beat that view no matter where you are. John, what's your thoughts on North Star? I'd call it awesome. I mean, every every new port that the ship goes to, it's gonna you're gonna want to get up there once and take a look around. Aaron, yeah, I have to agree with John. I mean, I I was surprised once I got up in there and rode it up. Just a how cool it was, and b I thought you know if you're in different ports when you're going to the Caribbean or even when the ship goes to Asia, you're probably gonna want to get back in that North Star and take a better view from that vantage point. All right, let's go to how about the RFID Wow Bands gimmick or awesome. Aaron? Uh, I did, personally, I didn't like them. I mean, I, I think for women, I think that they could be really cool because I know for women, if you're wearing a dress, it's always like, well, where do I put my key card? What am I doing on formal night? This and that. Uh, for me, I put it on. I hated it for 30 seconds. Couldn't wait to get it off the wrist and I used my key card. So I'd say gimmick. Wow. Okay. I had it as awesome, actually. <laughs> I loved it. I put, in fact, my CPAS card after about an hour, I put my CPAS card back in the room and I never saw it again. Really? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know I thought... what? I lost my CPAS card on um, the second <laughs> sailing and it never made a difference to me. The, you know, and I, I have to admit, I, I hate carrying a pocketbook and if I've got a dress on, you know, that CPAS card, well, it's probably in my husband's pocket. So um, <laughs> it, it, I really liked it. Now, here, here's what I would love is uh, if they were maybe a little blingier or prettier (laughs) (laughs) or at the grand that I would, you know, it would maybe match my dress a little bit better. (laughs) (laughs) I totally agree on that. All right. Uh, John, John, what about you? Um, I will call it awesome for women and a gimmick for men. All right. How about the bumper cars, Aaron? You know, I never got to try the bumper cars. It was on my hit list for the longest time. And, uh, you know what? I would have to say I think it's pretty cool. I think that there's a lot of people who will actually like that. Yep. John? Uh, awesome. Colleen? You know, I'm not a fan of bumper cars, so I should abstain. <laughs> but I will say I saw so many people having a blast of like all ages on it. So yeah. I'll go awesome, just not my thing. Yeah, I like. I think it's awesome. Although I really have a problem with like bumper cars when you don't know anybody there because you're smashing into people, and it's like there's <laughs> that awkward like, oh, sorry, it's what I have to do. Yeah, you you got to get past that. You know what you were getting into when you climbed behind that wheel. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Right. <laughs> you knew what this was. <laughs> All right, Colleen. Last one. Ripcord. Uh awesome. <laughs> so awesome. Come on, you're doing skydiving at sea. True. And and no dying, no risk of dying. <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. John? Uh, I would say awesome. You should, I mean, the, the people seem to really be loving it, and uh, you get some great pictures of uh, some messed up faces with that wind blowing in them. <laughs> I couldn't recognize anybody's face. Every photo yeah. I've seen, I was like, that's that guy? Really? <laughs> <laughs> Aaron? 
I'll also go awesome on that one. And that was one feature that I really thought was going to stray pretty hard into gimmick territory. But then you see people getting off of it and you see how much fun they're having. Uh, no, that's awesome. Anytime you've got a feature like that that people love, that's got to be awesome. Yeah, there's something else that that uh, you brought up about you know the people's responses. One of the things that the crew members always talked whenever I talked to them about anything, they always brought up the ripcord. Like, did you drive ripcord yet? It's like, no, I haven't gotten there yet. And they're like, dude, it's like the best thing ever. And like they were like talking about how they like the whoever the crew that works the ripcord. Like they're evidently like uh, yeah. the, everyone's BFF on board because they can just you know they can hook you up with you know longer times and all the crew was that's all they were ever talking about. So. Um, all right. Well, usually I have everybody who I have on the podcast a quick uh, couple questions here to, to learn a little more about them. We'll do a quick a little shortened version here. So, uh, John, we'll start with you. Uh, preferred drink while on a Royal Caribbean cruise? Uh, good old fashioned bottle of beer. There you go. Uh, favorite port of call to visit? Um, Cozumel. All right. And favorite song on the radio or iPod today? Hmm. Shake it off. Ah, Taylor Swift. <laughs> it's a great album. <laughs> I am not afraid to admit I'm a, my inner 15-year-old girl is showing. Same here, same here. Yeah. It's making me dance. I can't help it. <laughs> you know what they say, John. Haters going to hate, hate, hate. That's right. <laughs> uh, Colleen, what have, let's start with you. Preferred drink while on a roller Caribbean cruise? Ooh, I am a fan of the Dirty Martini. Good choice. Mm-hmm. Favorite port of call to visit? Oh, uh, I got a couple. Mm. I'm going to go with uh, Puerto Limon, uh, Costa Rica. Ooh, nice. I've been yeah. there. It's Favorite beautiful. song on the radio or iPod today? I can't believe it, but John actually stole mine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm usually about three or four months behind everybody else's Something music. Something like pink. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Aaron, favorite uh, drink while on a roller Caribbean cruise? Normally, it's a martini because they make really awesome martinis. But on Quantum, I have to go with the Stone Arrogant Bastard Ale ah, at Michael's, which came in a fabulous twenty-two ounce bottle that was bigger than anything I've ever seen. <laughs> to America, yeah, America, oh, America, yeah. Favorite port of call to visit. Uh, I'm going to go with Athens, Piraeus. Oh, nice. Good choice. Classy. And favorite song on the radio iPod today? Uh, I'm going to go with Mountain Sound by Of Monsters and Men. Ooh, Ooh nice. I like it. Nice. Great band. Definitely not on the top 40. No. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, of course, I want to thank everyone here, the whole panel for today's episode. Of course, Colleen McDaniel from Cruise Critic, John Roberts for In the Loop Travel, and Aaron Saunders of the Avid Cruiser and from the Deck Chair. I'll actually put post links in the show notes to uh, everyone's posts. Actually, I know that Aaron and John posted about Quantum of the Sea specifically already, and I will link to that. And Colleen, if you have anything, you can send it over. Otherwise, I'll post to your awesome stuff, which is always a good read. I always enjoy it. Oh, thank you. Well, we did just post our review, our full review of the ship today, so that would be terrific. Nice. I will post that on there. Cool. Thank you guys all for joining me. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Wow, that was a great discussion of Kawanam of the Season. I want to thank all the panels for joining us, but I also wanted to share some of my thoughts about the ship because, honestly, I was really impressed by Quantum. You know, I think I wasn't fully prepared for how different it was going to be from other Royal Creamy ships. And I said this on the podcast earlier. 
you know, it's it's not based on other ships that we've seen in the fleet. It's not based on that lineage that the Voyager class began. But that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. In fact, if I can throw another metaphor out there, it's a lot like car models, right? You might be a fan, like we are a fan of the brand. So you might be a fan of, say, I'm gonna use Ford as an example, okay? And you know, you're you're example, you're a fan of Ford. You like Ford cars, and you're you like the Ford Explorer, you like the Ford Mustang. And then all of a sudden, Ford comes out with some new car. Let's, uh, you can pick any other model, right? And the car comes out, and you know what? It's different than the Mustang. It's different than the Explorer. It's different than the F-150 cars that you've come to love over many, many years. That doesn't mean the new the new car is bad by any means. It's just different. And I think that's what Quantum of the Seas really is. It's a really different kind of experience. In the same way that the Radiance class is different than the Voyager class, which is different than the Oasis class. They are they they all retain that. Royal Caribbean je ne sais quoi, right? It's it's that thing that really brings us back what we love about the entertainment, the passionate crew that work on there. And I felt all that on Quantum of the Seas, really. It was a great experience. Honestly, I, I only wish it was longer because those two days were just not enough. But, you know, we are, of course, joining uh, back on Quantum in March for the group cruise, which there's still time if you want to join us for it. Sorry, sorry i got to make that shameless plug in there. Anyway, but it really is a great ship. And, you know, what, what really... When I look back on the ship and I look at my experience on Quantum, the short amount of time I was there, and I, and I think about everything I did there, I really had a great time. And the ship is what it's all about, right? I mean, they just offer so much. I think that's a huge draw. And a lot of the itineraries that Quantum is sailing, especially out of the United States here in these six months that she's here, before she goes to China, that is, you know, there's a lot of sea days involved. And with this new ship, that's really not a problem. There's so much to do on board. It, it almost is a necessity in order to see it. And I think someone also mentioned on the episode earlier, you know, that this is, Quantum has become a destination in and of itself, and that's very much the case. And and I really am a big fan of what Royal Caribbean has done with Quantum of the Seas. Now, we're going to see some more time here as, you know, more and more people get on here. We get a little more, you know, really Quantum gets, not her sea legs necessarily, it's a bad pun, but, you know, really gets settled in, all the little technical issues get worked out, and it's really just, you know, business as usual. And I think a lot of people are really going to enjoy it. And, you know, you just have to look at it with, with Quantum is different than other ships, but that's a great thing. It's hopefully going to start a new lineage, a new dynasty of great Royal Caribbean ships. Of course, we have sister ships, uh, Anthem of the Seas and Ovation of the Seas coming down the pipeline very, very soon. So there's a lot to be excited about. And even though Quantum is leaving for China very soon, again, those other ships in the class that are coming by, it's this Quantum is our preview of what to expect with those ships, which we do expect to be sticking around in the United States a little longer than Quantum will. So... Again, great time, and I'm hoping that we're going to have some more time to discuss in Quantum, because there's just so much to do. We can't squeeze it all in one episode, and I don't want to record a three-hour episode either, but I hope that you'll be joining us as we discuss it. Of course, there's lots of other things about Royal Caribbean to talk about. Don't worry, this will not just be the Quantum of the Seas podcast from going forward. It's just what's obviously hot right now and what's really interesting, and we want to make sure we cover that in all of its entirety. And we will get back to your questions and emails. I got a lot of emails actually to read, so we'll we'll include that in next week's episode for sure. So thanks for checking out the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. Until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.